this morning. Now we're going to start with a question because we like to make everyone uncomfortable. <laughs> so the question today is, turn on the screen. Where is your go-to can't miss place to meet, connect, or talk? Music, nature, food, dancing, silence, music, reading, movement, whatever. But we want you to share that with each other. Like friends, I need to, I need to be with God. What does that look like for you? Where does that, where do you go? St. Francis said, preach the gospel always. And when necessary, use the words. We are salt, we are light, we are further wrong, according to scripture. So where we are, there is a message that goes out how we live our lives. And as we're present to God, it allows us to be more true to what God has called and created us to do. And so today we're going to look at what's it, what's it look like to be present to the present? that surrounds us, and also dwells us. So a few months ago, um, Andy asked me if I would preach on July 31st. So July 31st, is that Ryan's birthday? <laughs> <laughs> of course! But also, it's not just Ryan's birthday, it's the feast day of St. Ignatius from Lyle, that Four hundred and sixty-six years ago, he died. See, Catholics are pretty smart. They don't celebrate each other's dead, so I was like, 
Alright, you did all so we're gonna do let's give the red celebrate this guy around. Oh, that was 466 years ago. That he that that he died in the mid-20 Genesis. And Ignatius' spirituality, which we're gonna be talking about today, spirituality is just a, a lens to look at things through. And Presbyterians have their own lens. Methodists have their own lens, Baptists have their own lens. The Catholic Church is Franciscan, Catholic, Dominicans. So this is the one lens that that has been developed to look at how do we live our life? How do we follow Jesus? It's just one of many. But it's one that I have been, or has impacted my life in the last couple of decades. One that I've been teaching on for about 17 years. That's right, on Viola. And sort of around the world as well. And three of my books came out of this concept of Ignatius spirituality, which I differentiate from Jesus spirituality. That's a whole other so Ignatius' spirituality is really cool because the guy who developed it was eventually called himself Ignatius. But what happened was he wasn't a Catholic. Everyone was Catholic at this time. He was born in 1491. He was a Catholic in the thing. And the Reformation was just getting started. And so he wasn't really following the church. He grew up in Spain after he had asked the church. And in 15... 21, he was fighting a battle because he, was, he wanted to be a knight. Fighting a battle in Catalonia, Spain, which is where they have the reigning bulls. Yeah, and his leg was shattered by a cannonball. And eventually they carried him back home in the Loyola. And he recovered. And after his recovery, the guys. Clothes on him, we'll, we'll do a little talk some more about him in the next few months over here. And he looked at himself in the mirror, and there was this bullet protruding out of his life. He said, That, that was not me. That's not the look I'm going for. So, what they did was they rebroke his leg and filed it down. And that, you know, obviously that more than doubled his recuperating time. But it was during that time that he. Because he had read everything by then. There wasn't anything else to read. So he asked for books, and there weren't a lot of books at that time. So he read the life of Jesus, the life of the saints. And he began to use his imagination. What would it be like to follow Jesus? What would it be like to, to be a saint? And I like that story because it reminds me of who God is. God is a God who looks at our life and says, You're vain? I can work with that. You're prideful? Hey, I can work with that. I was meeting a, a friend of mine who was sharing our, our sort of our story of faith. And he was, he's a musician. And he said, I started going to church at 18, 19, probably started going to 17. Because girls like guys who play guitars. And he could play guitar in church. And sing in front of people. So girls would come and talk to me. And I said, well, the reason I started going to this church was because you could... You could get to the church, to the beach cheaper with the church food, it only cost a dollar. But it cost me like a dollar and 75 cents worth of gas. So, like, that's why I started going to church. But it was the same point. It's like, God says, okay, I can work with that. See, God's got to meet us where we're at. Always wants to meet us where we're at. We just have to start paying attention, start 
being aware. So Ignatius spirituality is a couple things that I like about it. It comes from his own experience. He begins to take notes and writes things and then invites other people on this journey. And it's focused on the person of Jesus. When I became a Christian, it really wasn't about Jesus so much. It was about this guy named Paul. He writes a lot of the New Testament. He's But we didn't talk a lot about Jesus. And Jesus is already the thing. Christian, and that's what Ignatius was about. And it was practical and relational that, that Ignatius believed that you could actually walk with Jesus. And that Jesus would guide and direct you. He's big on the Holy Spirit. In fact, he got arrested over a dozen times by the Inquisition at that time uh, because he was spirit left. It wasn't about the tradition of the church. Was what the Pope said was about what's the spirit doing. And then he, he was big on using your imagination, which that's what I preach, but that's what we do with the gospel. Imagine yourself in this passage. And there's something that happens when we engage that part of our brain. We develop this thing called the prayer exam, which is pretty popular right now. We'll talk about it at the end. But it's, it's, I like to talk about it in terms of prayer, but awareness. It helps us to learn to be aware. What's God doing? And of course, he was big on discernment. Critical with this love. How is God guiding and directing? Even in terms of evangelism, how, how is it helpful for me to share my story with this person who's before me? Rather than when I came up, there was this formula here's what you do you pull out your four spiritual laws, and then you walk through it, and then you say, Well, what are you going to do? Do you want to go to hell or do you want to go to heaven? It's sort of a no break, I think, but, but that's sort of the end of the story. Rather than, no, it's about a relationship. And so, so that in a nutshell is Ignatian spirituality. And you can summarize Ignatian spirituality in five words finding God in all things. Isn't that great? That means whatever we're doing, wherever we are, wherever we're involved in, whatever is going on around us is a place of, can be a place of encounter with God. We just have to pay attention, we just have to be aware. We come into a room as we go to the beach, as we're out in our yard gardening, or we're somewhere dancing. Like, pay attention to what's going on in this moment. Because that's where we're going to find God. That's the only place you can find God. Where you're at. It's the only place you can experience God is where you're at. And so I want to talk about the theme God with us. That's sort of the next slide. And that's the theme throughout the Bible. Think about it. In Genesis chapter 1, God creates all this stuff so God could be with us. And we'll see in Genesis chapter 1, God and Adam are walking together. God, Adam, and Eve are having this life together. It's, it's with us. That's, God is a with us God. And fortunately, God is a for us God as well. And then we continue. We look through the, through the Bible. Now Israel's going to the promised land. And God guides and directs them. There's a pillar of smoke and fire leading them. And then they create this tent of meeting for the tabernacle, a place where we, they can meet with Moses meets with God. And they have this Ark of the Covenant that is a place where, where it says God is housed. Obviously, God can't be housed there, but that's, that's the idea. And that leads to the temple, God in the midst of. And then that leads to Jesus. 
One of my favorite names from Jesus is Emmanuel. Does that mean? God with us. And Jesus, interesting, we had this passage last week, um, Matthew 12, where it says that he is a greater temple. Isn't that interesting? A greater temple. Why? Because it's, it's God now fleshed out in the person of Jesus. And then he gives us the Holy Spirit. And suddenly, it's not about these external places where, where God is, that Paul reminds us we are the temple of God. That God resides within each one of us. That's crazy. That the God of the universe, that the universe can't contain, even as it continues to expand, somehow is within each of us. Again, same thing, God with us. Then Paul, if you want to, want to summarize all of Paul's writings in two words, in Christ. Because this is a big thing. We are in Christ. And of course, Christ is in us. And then another verse that talks about being present to the presence around us and within us. In God, we live, move, and have our being. In God, we are in God. When we live, we move, we have our being now and forever. And in us, God lives, God moves, God has God being. And then we jump all the way to Revelation. It talks about this new earth, this new Jerusalem. And what's, what's going to be true of that? God's going to be there. And Jesus hints to that when we talk at the beginning of God is the Holy Spirit. God's rule of God's reign. Not from outside, but from within. And that's actually happening right now. We are part of God's kingdom. And that is an interesting study in and of itself. The next slide. Living in the light of God, being with us and within us. Again, Genesis talks about the Psalm 19 says, The heavens and the earth communicate without words that God is with us. Romans 1 says, The creation itself speaks of the invisible attributes of God. So, as we look around us and we pay attention, God is speaking to us. The burning bush in Exodus 3. Moses looks at it, pays attention to it, turns his eye, and then God speaks to it. It wasn't that the bush was burning, it's that Moses paid attention. And here's one of my favorite old poems. It says, Earth is crammed with heaven, and every common bush a fire with God. But only, though, only he who seeks takes off his shoes, resting around the front process. Which are hard delicious, by the way. But, but we can get so easily distracted by these kinds of things. And so what it's saying is pay attention, because God is all around us, and God is within us. And then there's this passage, which I, I see as a cautionary tale. It says, Surely God was in this place, but I did not know it. Did not expect it, anticipate it, or particularly, was particularly open to it. That's the truth of every place in our lives. Some of the reasons I don't wear shoes most of the time is as a reminder because this is a place I can encounter all of you. Wherever I'm at, wherever I'm doing. And am I open to that? Or am I going to wait years, maybe later, and say, oh, yeah, God was there. There's so many monsters. There's a famous, another book, or whatever, that's called Footprints. I was like, oh, that's so sweet. Footprints. It's like, 
That was a huge miss. But God was with you, and you didn't know it. God was actually carrying you, and you didn't realize this. I mean, better late than ever, yes. But how, how much more special to know that God's carrying me through this right now? That we, God and I, are walking through this together. And there are times in our lives where it is so overwhelming that it's impossible to see. So that is cool that that is, that is a reality. But most of us don't live that life every day. We don't live in crisis every single day. But God is with us every moment of every day. So he just gives a belt. I'm with you. Even to the end of the age. We'll never leave you or forsake you. God is always with us. And so we're called to experience God in every day. In real time. So we can have time with Jesus in real time. How does he begin to pay attention? Not just mystical, I'm just thinking of God not speaking to us, but through one another. Like today, when I, when I came in, I came in early, because I couldn't kind of study. And, um, <laughs> and I had a lovely conversation with Kim. I never met him before. But somehow I just felt drawn to talk to her and introduce myself. It was, it was great. Here, how did you got here? I guess it's her word for that. But she's going to Catalina. She's going to our church, even when it's close. So how cool is that? But then as she shares her story, we should sit next to Hamilton. And this whole thing happens. Like, that's God. And so as I hear her story, it's a reminder God is in this place. And as we talk with each other, we share our stories, we can, we can be reminded of that. That's why it's so great to share what God's doing in our lives. Like a few weeks ago on Instagram, uh, Laura shared a book she was reading, um, Hearing God, I think it was. I think that's it. And I wanted to text her and say, why are you not reading my book? Why is my book? I didn't, but I never saw it on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I tell Sir, he's not up for a But it was encouraging. It's like, wow, here's someone trying to follow Jesus. So even in our social media, we can be that witness. We can share what's going on and can be encouraging. And that's, that's evangelism. And so, how do we do this? So, here's the next slide. And it's real easy. First thing we do is slow down. Everyone say that. Slow down. Well, very good. You said slow down. Slow down. Slow down. Let's say it real slow. Slow down. We live in a fast-paced society. And even when we think we're slowing down, we're not slowing down. So here's some ways. To, here's, here's a huge way to help us slow down. Lewis. Slowly. <laughs> See, he thinks that's slow. That's not slow. See, Lewis, you call me up. It's not just because I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm trying to be present. 
couple of arguments. And as I open to God, that's what God may communicate to me, hey, you need to go up to the top. You may need to turn up. And as we live our life that way, guess what happens? Suddenly, Anthony comes to mind. So now I have this email from the so now I got it. So I can actually email to find my sister back. And to do that, when I was a pastor, one of the good things I would do, it was before the internet. Um, that's a thing for pages. Um, I would write notes. That was one of the things I did every week. And send them to people. And what was interesting was how many people said, thank you for that note. It came at the perfect time. Why didn't write it amongst the guys? And text even more so. Like, text in real time. Like, God would say, hey, you need to, you need to send Andy a message because he's got a shower outside, he's got a toilet started working. Like, maybe you need to say Andy. Maybe you should call him Andy and ask him out. Anyway, whatever. But we can do those next things. So that's the beauty of when we have contact information. We can be involved in people's lives that way. As we pray for them. Or even as we're just going through life, suddenly God can bring someone to mind. And then we respond. If we're slowing down, if we're open, because then we have a chance to hear, a chance to respond. The problem with our culture is this. We're always on our way to something else. Even now, for right now, it's like we're now lunch. Let's get any tacos in there. But we already start thinking about that. Like, how long has this thing been growing up? Let's um, start thinking about that. I wish you'd talk a little faster. Whatever it may be. But we're not here. We're not in the right presence. But as every, if we begin to come into this room, you can just try it on Sunday. Walk a little slow. Pay attention. Listen. Don't just sing, but listen to the words. I get a lot of stuff out of the songs. Not just singing them, but oh, that's a great phrase. Something, there's something about that, so I pay attention to it. I write it down, so I always have my, my journal with me. So we're, we bow, we're open. I mean, we slow down, we, 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 uh, we're open, and then we bow. And bowing just means we acknowledge. We, we, God is amazing. And so, let's stand and bow. It's God's prayer. So let's all stand slowly. Hips like that. And now, let's put our hands together so we can get through. And then, just slowly bow from your waist. What would you do before you do? Bowing is, is really submission. The reason, if you, in the old days, when there was a king, you would come, the king would be ranked, he would love you. And then you would bow, to honor him. And what you're saying is, my life's in your hand, because at that moment, you're defenseless. And the king can take your life. So when we're bowing, we're honoring God, we're also, we're also submitting to God. So it's not just about the bowing, but it's about reminding ourselves, what this is about. This is really saying, God, I'm your, your mom. I trust you. So I'm willing to bow in your presence. Whatever you are. And hold it for a moment. Let this pop up. 
But that is powerful, and actually, Jesus is a big guy in our body. You see that in the Hebrews, it's pretty wise all the time. See that with Jesus. You know, like, face down, lifting his eyes up to the heavens, over and over again, using different postures. Very helpful. And I would have slowed down from prayer. So, God often responds with gratitude, prayer, praise. Then I want to leave you with, with a couple things. So, this, this is the prayer of Ignatius, I really like. It's my favorite of his prayers. It says, take glory to receive all my liberty, my memory, my understanding, my entire will. All I have is all my own. Again, giving this over to God. And I like getting taped. Now, you need to take this from me. I'm not going to give it to you. But also, I, I want you to receive this. I want to want to give it to you. You have given all to me, so acknowledge my sovereignty and my To you, Lord, I return it. Everything is yours. Do with it what you will. And I love these last two this is how I want to live my life. Give me only your love and your grace. Give me only your love and your grace. That is the most important. And that's really how we're going to live our lives. And this is what God wants to do. And I believe that the universe arcs for justice and love wins in the end. So I can trust God and desire only God. The last slide is when I'm talking about the awareness for a moment. <laughs> All right. I know that that is good. Um, but by the way, I'm giving a free ebook today uh, on Amazon over the next three days on Siege's um, New Eyes. Hamilton and his wife are reading it. So do you think, oh, is it worth me to download the free book? Um, you can talk to them. They can tell you how great it is. Right? <laughs> or maybe not. But anyway, you have that conversation. So anyway, just go to Amazon for me. Blah, blah, blah. So is there another? Oh, yeah, that was that one you had there. And I can have your next steps here. Okay. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, I thought you were a prayer of examining. Prayer of examining is the way that people were in our lives. And you can use the families. And so... When we had our first group of managers working with us, what we would do every night is we'd say, what is the role of those involved? Is there something good or something hard in the day? And the kids would oftentimes be able to watch this. They're like, we didn't do roles before. And they would bring that. But it's just a way of paying attention. What is the good thing? What is the bad thing? That's not the full exam, but it's a great way to, to do it in a, in a way that's accessible to even young kids. If they're verbal, they can answer that question. And it's, it's cultivating that within ourselves, but also with others. And it's a good way to look at our day. Okay, was it, where was a place that I encountered God today? Where was a day where I looked back and oh my goodness, God was certainly in that place that I just, not about built for standards, just about own grace. What was it about that that caused me to All right, and now next steps. Which are, number one, down. Slow down, present to the now, within and around you. Be open. How often? Hopefully, this will remind you of the message. And then experiment using the prayer of exam awareness. Because 
I thank you for this time. I thank you that you are present. 